This is KYW News Radio in depth. I'm Charlotte Reese. For the third time in the Trump presidency, a U.S. Supreme Court justice is being replaced. And if you're on the outside looking in, the whole process can look kind of ugly and vicious. It's a lot of political fights, long hearings that seem like they end in foregone conclusions. And now there's even an idea floating around, if the White House and Senate end up flipping in November, about changing the number of justices. You've probably heard the term packing the court recently. So I wanted to know if what we're going through right now as a country that seems more politically divided than ever is normal or not. Has it always been like this? And how did we land on nine justices with lifetime appointments anyway? Kermit Roosevelt is a legal scholar and law professor at the University of Pennsylvania. If we can start from the beginning, can you tell me how and why the United States Supreme Court was established? Well, the United States Supreme Court is established by the Constitution for a couple of reasons. One is you want to have uniform interpretations of federal law and the Constitution, so you need one court that's providing an answer to legal questions for the whole country. And the other really is federal supremacy. So the founders understood that state courts might be partial to the laws of their states, and they might be unwilling to recognize the authority of federal law. So having a federal Supreme Court that can exercise appellate review and supervisory authority over the state courts is also important if federal law and the Constitution are going to be the highest law of the land. Was there a number on the amount of justices when the court was first established? What was kind of the idea behind having justices kind of have that power? Well, at first, the Supreme Court's size was set at six, which is interesting. You know, it, it seems like the founders didn't think that having an even number would be a problem. That's not the Constitution. That's just through federal statutes. And over time, we have actually seen the size of the court change. Obviously, it, it's up at nine now, but it's gone up and down, actually, historically in response to political pressures. So people saying that the number of justices changing over the years, that it is true then when people say it's politically charged? Yeah, it's, it's definitely politically charged. I mean, the, the thing that the framers really didn't anticipate was the party system. And they didn't anticipate that there would be two parties fighting for control of the national government and using the court as a vehicle to advance their political agendas. So can you give me maybe a few examples how the size of the Supreme Court changed for reasons that were politically motivated? You know, this hasn't really happened in, what, 150 years? Yeah, it has been about 150 years. So... This starts very early. You know, political parties, even though the framers didn't anticipate them, they emerge quite early. And in the election of 1800, Thomas Jefferson and the Democratic Republicans defeat John Adams and the Federalists. And the Federalists are losing power. They've lost the presidency. They're losing power in Congress. They've lost control of Congress. And they try to hold on by putting as many Federalists as they can in the judiciary. And also they try to reduce the size of the Supreme Court to stop Jefferson from making an appointment. And Jefferson takes control. The Democratic Republicans control the presidency and Congress. They immediately repeal that law. They bring the size of the Supreme Court back up to what it was so that Jefferson can, in fact, make an appointment. So we see this, you know, 1800 
just 10 years or so after the Constitution is ratified. So, I mean, right now, thinking about what's happening right now, Judge Amy Coney Barrett is in the Senate for confirmation hearings. And if she's confirmed, she'll be the sixth judge appointed by a Republican president. Is that unusual? Well, control of the court has gone back and forth. And there, you know, there were periods in our history when it didn't seem to matter quite as much. In sort of modern constitutional history, we start with FDR's appointments. And FDR actually appointed nine justices, which is sort of stunning now. But of course, he served more terms than a president could now. So there you start with a court that's pretty much all Democratic appointees. That continues up until Eisenhower. And then starting with Nixon, the Republicans start getting more appointments. And the, the reason that we haven't had a strongly partisan Republican court until relatively recently is that some of those appointments didn't work out the way that Republicans might have hoped. So Earl Warren, Chief Justice Earl Warren, famously liberal, was appointed by Eisenhower, who's a Republican. And then people like Stevens and Souter and O'Connor, to some extent, didn't turn out to be as conservative as the people who were appointing them had hoped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you you mentioned FDR and how much right like power he had in appointing those justices. But he was also kind of maybe the first president in a while to mention packing the court again. And Right now, progressive Democrats, you could say, are talking about packing the court. And we're not really getting an answer from Joe Biden, the Democratic Party. Can you break down what that means, what packing the court means and what it could mean? (laughs) Well, packing the court is a phrase that people use. It's almost like judicial activism. They use it to indicate something that they don't like. So a process of appointing judges that people don't like can be described as court packing. It's not really accurate. But, you know, if you look at what was going on during the Obama administration, Obama was trying to fill regularly occurring vacancies on the D.C. Circuit. And the Republicans said, don't let him pack the court. If you want to be a little bit more precise, court packing probably should refer to enlarging the size of the court. So increasing the number of justices on the Supreme Court for partisan reasons. And that is what the Democrats are talking about, right? The Democrats are saying, if we end up with a 6-3 majority Republican court, we should add seats so that we can make it more balanced or even take control. Do you think that, you know, that's something that could even happen? Do you think the Supreme Court could see more seats added to it? It hasn't happened in 150 years. What, what's your take on that? I think it could happen. I think it would not actually be that unreasonable. So it's a historical process. um, And what we've seen over the past 30, 40 years or so is both sides have started paying more attention. And the Republicans sort of got there first on this. But both sides have started paying more attention to the importance of the federal courts and especially the Supreme Court as a way of implementing their policy agenda And both sides have started playing increasing hardball in terms of pushing through their judges and trying to stop the other side's judges. And the Republicans did a very good job of obstructing Obama's nominees 
Obama left a lot of lower court vacancies for Trump to fill because the Republicans in the Senate wouldn't let him fill them. And of course, most obviously, they blocked the confirmation of Merrick Garland to fill Scalia's seat. And so then the question is, you know, what would the Democrats do if they got power, if they got the presidency, if they controlled Congress? And the natural answer is they would respond in kind. So what's available to them? Well, if there's no vacancy on the Supreme Court, they could make one. And, you know, both sides are sort of just getting more extreme. Packing the court, adding more judges, whatever we want to say, those are only some of the proposals that have been brought up about changing the way justices are chosen anyway. There's always kind of those polls that go around. And I actually saw one that went around before RBG died. But, you know, a lot of citizens do favor maybe term limits for justices. Has that, I mean, what what is your take on the way the Supreme Court justices are even chosen? Well, I'm glad that you brought that up because term limits in my mind, is the only sensible solution to this problem. So basically, to to sort of back off and take a look at this from a higher level of generality, we've got this very powerful, very important branch of government, the federal judiciary. And it's, you know, one of the three co-equal branches. The Supreme Court is very important. It has an enormous effect on the direction that our country goes in. But control of that branch, control of the Supreme Court in particular, is determined basically by how willing the parties are to play hardball, how cleverly justices strategically time their retirements so that they can be replaced by a president who's going to appoint someone similar to them, and just sort of the random chance of who dies when. Now, I mean, does that make any sense? People complain about the way we select our president, and I think the Electoral College is not great and we should have a popular vote, and people complain about the way that we elect senators and representatives, maybe, and that's not perfectly representative either. But the way that we determine who controls the Supreme Court is just crazy. You know, and you can see this with sort of the obsessive attention that people were paying to Justice Ginsburg's health and would she be able to hold on and survive until the next presidential election. There's absolutely no reason that control of the Supreme Court should depend on accidents of illness and strategic retirement. And the way to get around that, so my first point is this is a terrible situation that we have. My second point is it's not one that was built intentionally into the Constitution because, as I said, the drafters of the Constitution didn't anticipate political parties. They didn't anticipate this partisan fight for control of the Supreme Court. And then the third thing is how could we get around this? Well, we could make control of the Supreme Court rationally related to winning national elections, winning presidential elections, if we had 18-year fixed terms for Supreme Court justices so that then each president predictably gets two appointments per four-year term. And then you wouldn't have a situation like we have now where there have been only four Democratic Supreme Court appointments since 1969, even though the Republican presidential candidate has won the popular vote once in the past 30 years. You know, and I I say it like that, and and you can see fortune has favored the Republicans in recent history. But this is an idea that has bipartisan support because it makes control of the Supreme Court rational rather than random. And I, I think that a lot of people can get behind that. What do you think the future of the Supreme Court is now 
moving forward. I feel like, you know, it's kind of a time where maybe people are looking at different options. But again, that has fallen by the wayside before in history. Well, yeah, I mean, I do think that this is a very interesting moment in American history. There's a lot of things going on. And it seems possible that we could have some fundamental changes in our political system. You know, if the Democrats packed the court, but also said the people we're putting on are going to serve 18-year terms, that would be almost a conciliatory move. I mean, it would be sort of retaliation for the blocking of Merrick Garland, but then offering an exit ramp from this partisan warfare, which would be a good thing. And I think that people from both parties can get behind that. And if you look at the law professors who are supporting this, there are definitely people on all sides of the political spectrum. The other thing that's going on with the Supreme Court is the Supreme Court is exerting a powerful influence on elections. So you could say this started with Bush v. Gore, where the Supreme Court really dramatically gets involved in picking the president. But the extent to which the Supreme Court has been called on to decide what kinds of limitations political actors can place on the voting system, on the electoral process, has really been increasing. And to the extent that you have a party that regularly is not getting more votes, but is somehow controlling the federal government because of you know gerrymandering in the Electoral College, the extent to which that party is then secured in power through Supreme Court decisions that validate restrictions on voting, you really have a very disturbing synergy between these different minority-controlled elements of our political system that kind of lock a majority in power. And that's not the way American democracy is supposed to work. Right. Right. We're, we're America. We don't like to, to change things that have been in our history for a while. So, yeah, I mean, it's funny. We have this sort of we have this veneration of the Constitution, you know, as though changing the Constitution is unpatriotic or something. As though questioning the Constitution is unpatriotic. But in fact, of course, the Constitution has a whole article about how to change it. And it's been changed a substantial number of times, and some of those changes are the best things about the Constitution. I think the 14th Amendment is the best thing about the Constitution. But also, it's sort of obvious that the framers didn't foresee the way that the political system was going to work. Their method for electing the president was so bad that they had to change it after the election of 1800, basically. I mean, it didn't, it didn't last long at all. Mm. But how we elect our president is a different story altogether. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today and talking about the Supreme Court and its possible future. Yeah, my pleasure. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on the radio.com app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Charlotte Reese, and we'll have another episode out soon.